Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, the Law Student Series, and I'm your host, Aisha, lawyer, writer, and dog mom. Each week, we'll dive into the ins and outs of going to the UK for law school and what it takes to come back and qualify as a lawyer in Canada. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Ignite Podcast. Thanks for coming back. This week, I'm going to talk about the number one thing that law students and NCA candidates both want to know. That is how to study for exams. For the law students, if you've talked to your Canadian counterparts, you'll see there's a little bit of a difference where they get to take their textbooks and whatever notes they want to take into their exams. Unfortunately, we don't get that privilege. In the UK, most of our law school exams are closed book, with the exception of a few. The only book that you're allowed to bring into your exam is your statute book. And at City, we were only allowed to highlight in two colors. That could vary from school to school, but for our school, if it was highlighted in three colors or more, that book was not going into that exam. Then of course, once you get used to this way of doing exams, you come back to Canada, do your NCA exams, and those exams are open book. So then you have to try and figure out how to navigate those waters. While I was in London, I came up with a way of organizing my notes so that when I was studying for my exams, I was doing it in the most effective way possible. So I came up with a template that I also used for my NCA exams, and I have put that under the freebies tab on my website at ignitelaw.ca. So before you listen to the rest of this episode, if you want to hop on over there and download it, and then we can go through it together. If you're having a look at my notes template, we'll go through it piece by piece. So this is how I would start off every year, and I would make one master document, starting with the heading of each course, and then I would break it down topic by topic. At City, our professors gave us the most detailed course outlines that were broken down subject by subject, and within each subject, there was a list of cases we were expected to look over, and a list of articles that, if we had time to read, they would help our learning in addition to the assigned chapters for each section. Of course, the cases would be listed chronologically in each section, so that was super helpful when it came to putting it into my template. Looking at the template, you'll see that I've chosen criminal law as the subject, and as the topic, I've chosen causation. The box where I've listed causation is where I would give a brief description of the topic. So what is causation? So I'd probably write something as simple as causation provides a means of connecting a defendant's conduct with a resulting effect or injury, and that causation is made up of both factual causation and legal causation. I also might put a brief reminder to myself here that factual causation is the but-for test and legal causation is the thin skull rule, but that will be explained later on when you go through the cases. After the topic section, I would put general notes regarding the topic, but nothing too specific, just enough to jog your memory about the topic in general. So this is where I'd probably add a couple of lines about the two-part test of causation, so the factual causation and the legal causation tests. Then I move on to the cases. In the template, I've added two Canadian cases, but of course in the UK, you'd be looking at different cases like Paget, White, Roberts, Blau, Nedrick, and Woolen. 
but my method would remain the same for the cases regardless of which country. So in each case box, I would write the full case name, then I would write a very brief summary of the case, the main points, and maybe a few quotes from the judges. In law school, I know it was vitally important in order to get a first to try and include at least one quote from a judge um, and something that a dissenting judge said as well. But again, you only want to write maybe one or two because you're not going to be able to remember it when it comes down to the exam. And usually one or two is just enough. After you write the summary, you want to add the ratio of the case. That's the most important after all. And then a quick note about whether or not it was overturned. And if so, maybe write a quick sentence about why that was. Usually the next case will be the case that overturned it, but in case, it's always good to have that one little note. After you've done this for all the main cases in the section, I would add case progression notes, basically describing how these cases progress the case law in this area. You can also make a note of other cases in the area that weren't necessarily the main cases, but it always just is good to show that you have a little bit of extra knowledge outside of what is required in the syllabus. And that's it for the case law. It seems simple, but I know once you get started in it is going to be a lot, but it's a great way to organize your case notes. And then once you're done, it's easy enough to go back and reread these notes and condense them even further. And if you can keep up with these during the school year, then I promise you by the time final exams roll around at the end of the year, you're not going to be spending hours and hours and hours in the library. And for those closed book exams, what I found was also very helpful was if I was studying a topic, say for example causation, after I knew the cases and I knew the law pretty well, I would make a list of all the cases in order, and then I would write it over and over again until I felt confident that when I got into my exam, I could just sit down and quickly write the cases out in order so that when it came time to having to use those cases in an essay or a scenario question, I had all the cases already written down in order. And by that point, I would already know the cases well enough to be able to then explain the law behind them. It also frees up your mind to actually focus on the question rather than trying to remember the cases and in the order that they came. In law school, sometimes you get bogged down in the cases in the textbook, and it's kind of difficult to get around to the articles as well. But I promise you, if you can even read one or two articles per topic, it's going to help you so much in the long run. Being able to add a little quote from an article or just saying that the author of an article said a certain thing about that area of law that you're discussing in your answer will absolutely get you closer to getting a first than if you didn't have that. And your notes on the articles don't have to be that detailed. Just make sure that you get the main point of the article down. Then maybe write one, two, or three points that stick out to you while you're reading the article, and then make sure that you know the author's name or at least the article's title. When you're done with the article, write a quick couple sentence summary of it, and then that's it. You really only need to be able to recall enough to write a sentence or two. Just make sure if you're going to use an article in an answer that you understand the basic gist of it. 
Nothing is worse than trying to throw in an article there and it has nothing to do with what you're talking about. And that's how I got through studying law school. Of course, there's other little things here and there that you can do to enhance your studying sessions, like making sure that you eat properly and that you sleep enough and that you get some time in for exercise. I can't tell you how many times I was at the university gym taking yoga classes every week. Not only did the exercise help with my anxiety levels, but it got me out of the library for at least an hour every day. And if the gym isn't your thing, you're living in England, so why not just go for a short little walk, whether it's half an hour, an hour, just to clear your head and get some fresh air. Sitting at a desk for 12 hours is not going to do you any good if you don't take breaks. I would also switch up my study spaces, so that meant some days I would be in the law library, but then other days I would go to my favorite coffee place or I would go to a Starbucks. Sometimes it was just nice to be in a new environment. But I'm not the type of person who needs to be in a pin drop silent room to study. I can be in a busy bustling square and study just as well. So it really depends on how you study best. If you need the quiet, I would definitely not suggest you go to a Starbucks where you're going to be hearing everybody else's conversations. So what happens when you come back and after having three or two years of all these closed book exams, you get to take all your notes and books into your NCA exams. How do you maneuver around that? It's easy to think that maybe you don't have to try as hard because you have all your notes with you, but... Looking through your notes or your books during your exam is not the best use of your time. You have a very limited time frame in which to answer your questions. And with the NCA, you could either have one question or you could have six and you have to answer in three hours. You have a little bit more time, of course, if you only have one question to answer. But if you have six questions that you need to answer within three hours, you have very little time to be going through your notes to find the right answer. So I still suggest that you use the same method as I explained for the law students, but I also suggest making sure that your notes are properly organized and properly tabbed. And by this, I don't mean tab every single thing and highlight every single thing, because when you have to go through it later, it's going to take you forever. Instead, tab topics and highlight main points. If you go through your materials carefully enough, then this should be more than sufficient. I just suggest giving yourself enough time to be able to go through all the materials at least once and practicing with a couple of sample questions. While I don't necessarily feel that sample questions are always a good indicator of what's going to be on the exam, I think it's a good indicator to make sure that your notes have been properly organized so that if you time yourself while you're answering a practice question, including the time it takes you to look through your notes, you should be able to do it within the allotted amount of time. And regarding articles for your NCA exams, some of the exams I know have a lot of articles to read. This is where I would suggest forming a group and helping each other out. If everyone sticks to the same way of organizing their notes, like for example using my article notes template, 
then sharing the workload between three to four people is definitely helpful, especially if you plan on writing more than one exam in a sitting. When I wrote my NCA exams, I decided to write all five of my required exams in one week. And at the time, Foundations of Canadian Law was a very article-heavy course, it may still be, and if I didn't have my group who was willing to share the workload, I'm not sure I would have been able to get through all of those articles on my own. When we went through splitting up the articles between each other, we made sure that not one person was stuck with all the 20-page articles and someone else got all the three-page articles. We made sure that it was a good balance and that when we wrote our notes that we did it somewhat uniformly so that when everyone got their notes at the end, we were able to easily follow along. I am so grateful to that group because I don't think I would have passed all five exams if I had to do that myself. When it comes to the NCAs, just make sure that you give yourself plenty of time to study, but also don't be afraid to sit more than one in a sitting. It's definitely doable to do more than one at a time, you just have to make sure that you can commit that time to studying for it. For me, it was a personal choice because I just wanted to get moving with the process, so I decided I would sit all five at once and hope that I passed, but I did study extremely hard, and for the three months leading up to my five exams, I studied full-time, and then I would make sure to get to a yoga class a couple times a week as well, just for my sanity. I understand that not everyone has the ability to study full-time when they come back from England or Australia or wherever they may have been. So make sure that you're not overreaching yourself. If you only can do one or two exams per sitting, that's fine. Just make sure that when you're studying, it's all about the quality rather than the quantity. I've always truly believed that whether you're in law school or you're studying for your NCA exams, it's better to have quality notes rather than pages and pages and pages of notes. It definitely helps in the long run and it'll make your answers more succinct. And that's a general overview of how I would use my study note templates studying both in law school and for the NCA exams. If I've mentioned something that you want me to explain further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me either through my website or on my Instagram or Facebook. I'm pretty reachable. If you have any questions, you can reach out in the same way and I'll do my best to help you as best as I can. I hope that you found my tips and my template helpful. If you haven't already, make sure that you go to my website, ignitelaw.ca, go to the freebies tab and download my study note template. As I've mentioned before, I really believe that it is a great way to organize your study notes. I know it's a dry subject to talk about studying, but if I haven't bored you too much, I hope that you'll come back next week when I'm going to be talking about the City Law School at the University of London. This will be a good one for anyone thinking about going to London for law school, and especially if they're considering City as one of their choices. I might be a bit biased, but I think it'll be a good one. Thanks for listening. That's it for this week's episode of the Ignite Podcast. Be sure to visit my website, ignitelaw.ca, for blogs and to sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss out on a single thing. Or you can find me on Facebook at Ignite Law and Instagram at ignitelaw underscore T-O. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. It means so much to me. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back in your ears next week.